Welcome to Territorial Noise. I'm your host, Zadam on Fire. This week, we travel to New York to talk to one half of the indie rock duo Spells and Curses. But before we get to my interview with The Rave, here's their newest single from the album Sinful Things, Mercedes.
show thanks man it's good to be here and so your new album sinful things uh, is is a follow-up but it's also a prequel to your first That's album right. yeah, so, yeah yeah uh, so what was the thought process behind doing a prequel it was there was no thought process basically there was no, no um intended plan with regards to the the story because the music came first and so we as a band the professor and i when we sat down to really sort of ask ourselves what we want to do for the next record what we really wanted what we really wanted to do and what we really felt was necessary uh to show was what we sound like live because swadad is as um diverse and expansive as an album as it is it doesn't necessarily translate um faithfully to a live environment it's it translates very very nicely and and still has the same energy and still, you know, is, is moody and all that stuff. But um, there's a certain, I guess, fidelity to, to I guess, the sound quality maybe or or just like the instrumentation even that just kind of gets lost in the translation. And, you know, we can't have a thousand synths and ten hundred guitars on stage or whatever. <laughs> right. But um, we wanted to do a an album that represented what we sounded like uh, live. And that's what we wanted to do with the album first. And foremost in terms of the sound and after we you know finished writing the music i had to come up with lyrics and the lyrics they came about in a funny way where it just was stemming off of just things i was thinking about it was all inspired by a trip i i had i had taken in when was this it's like last year i went to vegas and so it was a very um i don't know how long the statute of limitations you know how long that's that lasts, but I, I can't go into too much detail. But it was it was a very memorable trip, and um, a lot of what you hear on the album thematically uh, kind of was inspired by that trip. And it was one of those things where I was like, after we had the finished product done, I was just listening back to it and going like, wow, this is kind of like everything that would happen prior to the first track thematically, story wise, plot wise, uh, the, from the first track of Sudad because main character in Sudad, if you will, the protagonist, um, is kind of like, you know, I guess you could say he's he's groggy after a night of partying or whatever. And then so begins the story of Sudad. And uh there's a there's a lot of deeper meanings that that can connect between the two. But um I figured, well, you know, it was something that just kind of lent itself very naturally. Um in terms of how the lyrics flow in and out of each other uh, from Sudad. And then like literally the last track off of Sinful Things is Las Vegas Angeles. And it 
even like sonically speaking from a synth point of view and arrangement point of view very much so leads into uh, black sclera almost almost smoothly and yeah so it was there was never really any main uh point that we were trying to make with regards to making like a prequel it just kind of happened and then it kind of like worked itself out it was one of those sort of things that i, I don't know you know fate kind of worked itself out and it, and it just really worked out nicely uh to tell a, a big story it's kind of like a um I don't know. It's kind of like my 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 Jurassic Park franchise, so to speak. This one story. I don't know if that made enough sense, but it made, it made sense in my mind. <laughs> no, I like that. <laughs> so, and that's that's one of the things that I really like about the album is that it sort of does flow together really well, and in, in almost it's it feels almost like a concept album in a way. Oh, absolutely, it is a concept album, and and that's something I I don't shy away from admitting uh i do like telling a a bigger story a larger narrative and i think the best way of doing that is to create little pockets and stories that sort of do this a thing where they kind of become like a a sum the sum of the whole is greater than the parts kind of thing where together they make a, a a very strong and and impactful statement but on their own they each have their own thing to say and their own identities um and that is definitely something that I, I do enjoy uh, doing when putting together an album because it just does feel like a more complete story while still having something for everybody. Like if they don't like a certain sound or aesthetic of one song, they can get into something else. But, you know, for the sake of understanding the whole story, they might want to check that other other song out as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's another thing that I really appreciate about Sinful Things is that your your sound, you have songs that are a little bit more rock but then you have yeah. they sort of run the whole gamut of different genres, and I think a lot of artists kind of shy away from being a multi-genre kind of band. Yeah. But you guys do it really beautifully. Uh, thank you, first of all, and 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 that's something. Yeah, that's something that um, again was never just like a, it was never an intention. It's just kind of who we are, how we write, how we think. Um, you know, living in New York, you're exposed to all kinds of cultures, all kinds of, uh, music, all kinds of personality and uh, all personalities rather. Um, so there's never really, there's never really sort of an area in, in, there's never an area, for example, in New York where you could go to where you can only expect to hear rap music or only expect to hear rock music that that just does not exist. And that's the environment that the, the professor and I, that we live in, um, and so that more or less did seep into the way we sort of approach music. It is very much sort of like a, all things, all things you know can go. Anything goes when it comes to creation, to to recording, uh, expression. Because why not? And, and yeah, I think it is kind of surprising when you think about it. We're in 2017, and and it's it's kind of rare. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I think that's sort of when the best things come is when you just kind of go with it. True, true. We it is very much a sort of like uh, make something from nothing and then and then push it even further to kind of fuck it up more. By the way, can I curse? Oh uh, yeah. I'm so sorry if I can't. No, you're you're good. <laughs> okay, perfect. Fucking awesome. <laughs> so um, the video for Mercedes features a lot of live footage. That's right. Um, which I think is great. What are what are some of your? Are there any things that you do live that are sort of different than on the album? <laughs> Oh yeah, of course, of course. We have a lot of uh, um, sort of tricks in the bag. We can't. I, I mean, I see. Like the way I look at live shows is they are an experience to be had by the audience member. So I, I, 
go in there, uh, you know, on stage, we go on stage with the intention of giving them something to remember. And that could mean anything from changing the arrangement of a song to uh, maybe putting in some kind of, uh, I don't know, some kind of reference to a, a top 40 song that everybody knows or whatever in the song or, 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 you know, inserting a cover within the song or whatever, or even, even doing something crazy with the audience where like I'd get into somebody's face and then just, you know, uh, I don't know, make them feel very uncomfortable. It's it's that's kind of like the best way to perform for me because I always want there to be something about a performance that's always going to be memorable. Whether it's somebody walking up to me going like, "Hey man, I saw you uh, play at the bitter end that one time when you went up to that girl and then you started playing guitar on her on her lap or whatever." Like you know, um, so in terms of like in terms of like, do we do anything differently? Yes, there are arrangements uh, that or rather arrangement uh, liberties that we do take artistically. There are, uh, believe it or not, uh, oh, I don't know if I should tell you this. Okay, I'll tell you this because the professor might not be too mad, but there are some wardrobe <laughs> ideas we're having um, just to make uh, it more of a spectacle. But yes, it, it, it's never all the way the same as it is on the record. We do keep it. Again, the point of the album was to make something that was uh, faithful to the live sound, but we do want to, you know, up the ante every now and again and, and give something, somebody, uh, gives people something new and, uh, fresh to experience every time they see us. Which is awesome because there are some bands that just come out, play the songs, you know, play the greatest hits and then go home and, and it's not really, a, you know, a, a great show. And the fact that you guys put on a great show. Yeah, man, I mean, that's I no fun that just getting up there in your, in your jeans and t-shirts and just like saying, yeah, okay. Cause this is actually part of, a. uh, personally for me uh, almost like a uh, like a mantra of mine or credo that i live by where i understand and again this is also probably has something to do with the fact that you know living in new york you're surrounded by blue collar families uh, working and you know trying to trying to uh, feed their families and stuff so they don't necessarily have uh, the budget to go to a movie or to see a concert so you do grow up with the understanding of what the value of a dollar is and when somebody goes and pays whatever the ticket price is to see you um they they are owed ticket value entertainment you know and and you you do need to over deliver on that i feel and so it's never it's never been you know interesting for me to be that type of band where you can go on with jeans t-shirts and your and your instruments and just like expect them to like your music you have to you have to fight to entertain them to provoke them to to give them something to remember and more than anything else give them something to feel whether it's something good or something bad as long as it's an extreme which i think is great thank you i i agree
since we're talking about live shows or yeah you know in in new york thankfully there's quite a number of venues that we can choose from in terms of like who we want to let's say partner up with to have a show um we have a show coming up at arlene's grocery um that's going to be next friday the 18th of august and we're going to be um playing there the second time and it's a really nice venue because uh, the sound guys always know what they're doing. The backline's always beautiful, um, and and you know it's just any venue that has clear sound 
where your music can, you know, have the best <laughs> chance of being heard uh, is, is a favorite, a favorite venue of mine. So places like Rockwood, Arlene's Grocery, uh, The Bitter End, Pianos. Um, personally, for me, it would have, if you were to ask me this last month, I would have said The Bitter End because their sound is usually on point. But, but, but we played a show um, last month earlier last month um or late last month i'm sorry on the 26th we played uh vinyl and it's kind of like this lounge area so it's not necessarily even like a venue for for music but they kind of uh, allowed us to repurpose their space and turn it into like a, a rock slash dance show and everybody was having a great time and that probably was my favorite show that we've ever played and, and from what i understand from the feedback i've gotten it's been our best show so definitely i'd say the vinyl oh wow yeah have you ever had any venues that you're less than thrilled? Uh, I mean, is it just normally sound issues that you have in in, in bad venues, or have you had hmm. any? That, that <laughs> well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna list any names, but yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> there are definitely there are definitely situations where there's issues. Basically, like it's usually management stuff where there's a miscommunication where they don't know, uh, like even with the sound guy, like they won't know how long your set list is supposed to be or they, they might cut you off earlier you know they might not um obviously sound is a, uh, a big issue they might not have a, a decent sound person or a sound person who is how do i put it um just doesn't give a fuck pretty much um <laughs> so and, and that's understandable because i mean like it is a, it is a tough job and you have to go through like 10 15 bands a day so you might get jaded or whatever and that's totally cool um but that does suck on being on the on the performer side of it and then there's also stuff like like uh like security kind of stuff where you you know you we want to be certain that when you leave your your gear at a certain spot in that venue, it's safe, right? That's why some venues like the Bitter End, they're great because they have like a specific, the Bitter End in Arlene's, they have like a specific room or even a closet where it's just for the uh, musician's gear, where they could load up and store their stuff and it's a secure part backstage, nobody can touch it. So that kind of stuff really goes a long way and not every venue has that, but again, it also kind of depends on like what kind of setup you have, how big you are right. in terms of like your your uh, performance footprint. If you're just a singer songwriter with a guitar and like a harmonica, you're fine. Um, but yeah, it, overall, I, I I gotta be honest in saying uh, in saying that in New York we have been very fortunate where we haven't been screwed over too badly. <laughs> it's just more like annoying stuff like you know our sound wasn't that great or we're unsure where we could put our gear. So overall, I'd say it's pretty great. Well, that's that's good that it's been more positive than negative. Yeah. So if you had to pick, we're gonna go we're gonna go out of left field here. If you had to Let's pick, is there one song of yours that you would say, if you're a, a person who has never listened to you guys before, what oh. song would you say? Listen to this, and you will get an idea of what we what we do. I uh, see that, that that's that's kind of like a, a difficult question because. It's kind of unfair, there, I know, but yeah. It, well, I'll tell you, I'll explain why it is kind of unfair. In, in I guess for us, because, like you mentioned before, we do have we do um, have songs that sort of dip into different genres. So it's it's not necessarily like a matter of introducing people to our sound as much as it is introducing people to our uh, sonic representations of a mood or a vibe through a certain genre. So I would say, I would say. If you want to understand the sort of mm, core aesthetic in terms of like the sound and the ambition and sort of the, uh, yeah, the lofty 
epic ambitions of what Spells and Curses aims to be, I'd say listen to a song like Mercedes and listen to a song like Ilunga off the first album. If you want to understand how we sort of approach more kind of slow-paced ballad uh, soulful, soulful kind of music, I'd say listen to If Only You Knew off the first album or Wicked for Days off the, off the new album. And then if you want to, you know, hear music that is kind of just like crazy electronic noise so to speak listen to the call out off the first album or if you want to dance listen to uh las vegas angeles off the new album so i mean there's definitely a lot but um i'm gonna play it safe and say listen to the new single mercedes has a music <laughs> video and uh it should give you a good idea of what we do live because in that music video you get to see what we look like when we play live which is awesome thank you yes i agree <laughs> Yeah, that was a little bit of an unfair question. But I do have to say that Wicked for Days is one of my favorite songs just in general. Really? But Thank is. you. Why? Yeah. May I ask why? Um, I Honestly, I don't know. There's just something that I think is so beautiful about it. Mm-hmm. I think just the way the music and the vocals blend. It's I appreciate just, it. It's just, yeah, it's something I, that's something I'm very um, interested in, in hearing when people say that they love a certain song. I want to know why and what exactly uh, about it resonated with them most. But I, I definitely understand what you mean in terms of like the sort of balance between the vocals and the guitars. That was definitely something I deliberately wanted to play around with. Because if you ask, well, okay, let me put it to you this way. In, on that song, there's guitars, there's vocals, bass, some synth, and some drums. There's also the sixth instrument, which is silence. And that was something I really wanted to incorporate as sort of an instrument, using silence as an instrument, um, which is something that I think is a very underrated and almost like a forgotten art form in music. Um, And that kind of does like bring more attention to the vocals and the guitars and all the other instruments when they do come back from that silence. So I, I definitely understand what you mean. Yeah, and I mean, it's just, I mean, the album itself is great, but that was just, I think it was the first song that I heard of yours, mm-hmm. and it's just the one that's always stuck. It's the one I keep going back to every time. I appreciate that. Thank you very much.
but if you had to pick a cover song, because you said that you guys play covers live sometimes. Yes, sir. If you could only play one uh, for the next, say, year, uh, uh-huh. is there one that you would pick? Well, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a twofer for this one. I'm gonna give you two for one. So if you were to ask me this last year, that song would have been "Let's Go Crazy" by Prince, because that song, aside from Prince being my boy, uh, "Let's Go Crazy," I think is is one of those songs where literally everybody in the audience they either know it or they they've heard it, so they kind of know it, and they all can just literally go crazy to it and have a good time, dance or whatever. Um, the song that we would cover now. We we kind of we kind of have our fair share of covers right now. I really enjoy this sort of. Um, oh, I know some people are gonna kill me for this one, but at the vinyl show that I was telling you about, that was like one of our best shows. We kind of did this. Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna give you all the details, but we kind of did this cover of Passion Fruit by Drake, and we kind of. Oh wow. Yeah, we kind of made like a interesting version of it where we kind of turned it into like a latin rock kind of song so it was very very like almost santana influenced and it it really worked and people started dancing to it which is great because i mean dancing at rock shows that's rare so i mean that's that's a feather in our cap as far as i'm concerned so if i were to choose a song to uh uh play for the rest of the year that's a cover song it would be our cover song of passion fruit by drake solely for the purpose that it you know gets people to shake their groove things (laughs) See, and it's always awesome when bands will take a song that's sort of just random and, and make it better than the original. I think that happens sometimes with bands that are really good. They can take just, you know, a, a pop song and, and change it and make it something really great. It's hard, too. It really is because you, you don't you do want to do justice to the song itself and you don't want you don't want to, you know, perform something that's as is or or change it up and then it's just either unrecognizable or just downright worse but you do want to insert whatever identity you have into that song and kind of make it your own um and i think we kind of did that with passion fruit which is why it's it's kind of like one of those songs where even even the band like while we're playing it we're we're kind of laughing because it's it's kind of like funny that we were able to pull it off but it's also like really good so that's awesome (laughs) for uh for everybody involved i i wish that i wish i had been to that show then because that would have been an incredible experience (laughs) Yeah, I think there's. I think somebody posted a video of that up there, uh, up on the interweb somewhere. Oh wow! I, if I yeah, if I find it, I, I'll definitely uh, repost it and I'll send it to you. <laughs> awesome! It was a good yeah. time. It was a good time. Yeah, we'll share it with all the listeners too, so they can see it. Awesome. So you mentioned Prince, and I know it's kind of a boring question, but obviously one of the greatest artists you know ever. Um, what what are some of the other artists that may have influenced your music? Oh man, there's so many. Um, I mean, I th- I'd like to think of myself as somebody who is uh, an artist or songwriter who wears his influences on his sleeve. So I mean, you can hear you can hear the Guns N' Roses in in a, in a, tra- a track like "Through the Hell." You can hear the Jeff Buckley in a song like "Wicked for Days." You can hear, oh boy, you can hear the Paul Simon in a song like you know "Blackbird." There's just so many. If I were to choose another one who I'd revere as highly as Prince, I would probably say probably say Jeff Buckley because I feel like he gave a lot of artists um, that I know especially myself sort of like the the license to experiment the license to create and, and not be um, tied down to ideas of what you think or don't think a song may or may not be or should be even it's just the idea of being an artist that just creates not for the sake of creating but for the sake of giving back to the world um, 
but still making it for you. It's very, it's very difficult to like verbalize, but for like sort of like philosophical reasons behind songwriting, I would definitely say Jeff Buckley. Oh, and I think that's a really good influence to have too. If you listen to some of the songs that he, I mean, especially the cover songs, mm. you know, when you listen to like his cover of, you know, obviously Hallelujah yeah. is one of the most well-known, but one of my favorites is, um, his cover of the Smiths. Um, oh yeah, I love that song, man. There was a there was a moment in my life where I'd go to sleep. I think it was um, oh lover, I can think. Of, what was that song called? Um, crap. I know the song you're talking about. Yeah, but I, I blanked song, on the I name. Went, which is yeah, really I, I, terrible, I went to sleep but... for a month just going to you know going to bed with that on on my phone and just just like dozing off. And yeah, it's a beautiful song. And he's the master of of that, you know, of of putting his own personality into the music and, and sort of making it his own and changing it up completely. And, you know, what's even more amazing about him was like, he only had his voice and, and the guitar to work with. And he was able to make these new worlds out of these songs that sort of had their own sort of real estate in the American songbook, if you will. And he like, cause he would go, you know, as deep uh, into American blues as, as anybody, you know, possibly could. And he would literally um, make it, into something that is not only contemporary sounding, but very, very heartfelt. And yeah, yeah, his, his, again, like the license to create thing that I was talking about, that's exactly what I'm talking about in terms of like how he would be fearless when it comes to choosing a song, repurposing it in a way where you can totally hear that he appreciates the original, but respects it enough to sort of not do an imitation of that right and also be enough of an artist to to express sort of like a, a like painting a, not even painting like drawing a drawing but painting it with new draw uh, new colors so it's like redrawing the mona lisa but painting it with pastel colors right so i mean like he he, he was a, a master at that and again just just so brilliant so if you if you could work on your next album with anybody mm. <laughs> anybody Good living segue. dead who would it be then? Dead or alive, you said? Dead or alive, yeah. Anybody in, in history. Mm. Oh, boy. Mm, 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 mm. You know, there are many people that I want to work with, and but I also kind of know how my nature is. Like, as a collaborator, I, I have to really, really trust who I'm collaborating with. I can't, I'm not one of those guys who could just collaborate with people off the street or, or you know, musicians that I, I'm not aware of. Uh, but... Uh, I would say, I would say that I would really, 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 and this is going to probably shock, it's going to shock some people, but it's not going to shock any, anybody who, who I hang out with. Uh, I would really love to collaborate with Kanye West because I think he is such a, um, unique individual thinker in terms of how he, uh, processes music as well as how he creates music. Um, I think he is somebody who is, uh, a champion of the artist, so to speak, to the point where it's like literally to his detriment and he will he will fight for an idea that that he believes in while still uh being open to an idea that will work in a way where uh if it's the best idea he will allow for it to win and and as time is as proven in terms of his track record he's he's been right and the only reason why i say kanye west over like again guys like prince and and jeff buckley is because i think that his method is more 
unknown in a way. Like, you know that when Prince goes into the studio, he picks up a guitar, he lays down a track. He goes to the drum set, he lays down a track. He, you know, right. you kind of understand that his, his his method is old school, whereas Kanye, I think he's very, he's very different. And I'm going to go on a little rant on, on this if you don't mind, but I think that he's kind of like, or I think that his approach is very much sort of like a Steve Jobs kind of approach where I think he has probably, and again, this is me probably talking out of my ass here. I think he has like a team of people, a team of collaborators who he works with. And they kind of just like sit and work on beats and just go like, Kanye, what do you think of this? Kanye, what do you think of this? Kanye, what do you think of this? And he'll go, nope, 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 this. I like this. Let me, let's work on this now. And so he'll, it's kind of like the Thomas Edison approach even where he, somebody will present him with an idea and he'll go, I could see, I could see what I could do with that. And then, and then he will just, beat it into into submission to the point where it becomes whatever he wants it to be and i think i would really 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 love to if for nothing else just to like learn or not even learn but like view that i would love to see his creative process because it's just fascinating his his music itself is is quite diverse and, and and fascinating in its own right which that is very true yeah yeah i mean like his last album like the whole thing about like, and I, this is something I, I don't think I have the patience for, but like with, with life of Pablo, like releasing it on like title or, or Spotify or whatever. And then just like making changes to it as it's already been released and like updating the tracks after it's been released. Like that's ridiculous. <laughs> at, at a certain point you gotta, I, I think you gotta let it go. But like, that is also like a testament to his, I don't want to say his perfectionism, but a testament to his, you know, singular belief in what a song should be and his, his sort of feeling of responsibility to get it to that point. Um, yeah, I just, I just would love to just soak his brain up. Well, and honestly, it as as a collaboration with him, it would actually make sense with your sound. I think it would actually work right? really, yeah, really I mean, well. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't think, I, I, I don't think it would be too far of a stretch because we've kind of um, established ourselves that we're well, not established ourselves. I, I guess like we've we've definitely shown that we are open to any and all kinds of music, and we do if we if there's i'll put it to you this way if there's a song that requires a genre that we're not familiar with or 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 a sort of oral aesthetic that we can't necessarily pull off faithfully we'll be able to fake our way through it pretty damn nicely (laughs) so i mean i definitely think that would be really really um enjoyable to sort of bring to the table and then collaborate with kanye west who's a genius and all that stuff but yeah i mean i i definitely um think that there that could only be good good stuff that could come from that well if he decides not to run for president in 2020 i think he needs to get in touch with you guys kanye hit <laughs> us up have our people call your people we're gonna start a twitter campaign just to get this to happen because i i'm on board with it 100 percent. hashtag kanye and curses we're gonna make this happen <laughs> oh my god yes everybody listening needs to tweet that out right now hashtag kanye and curses let's do this <laughs> All right. You heard it here first, everybody. <laughs> uh, listen, when that happens, I'm going to go, man, I remember being on the magic hour. And uh, that's when sh- that's when history started. <laughs> I would so, I would love to be a part of your history that way. So, yeah, we're going to Kanye and curses. Hashtag Kanye and curses. Watch. Just watch. Well, we're going to have to keep an eye out on that. I will definitely be searching the hashtag every day. <laughs> So you'd mentioned some upcoming shows. Um, where all are you going to be playing soon in the next few weeks or months? So we've we've got um, a lot of shows in store. Um, we're going to be playing August. We're going to be playing uh, Jersey. We're going to be going back to Jersey uh, on the, the 16th, which is a Wednesday. We're going to be hitting up Mexicali, which is in Teaneck, New Jersey. Um, that's a really kind of like a sort of like a go-to venue 
in the Teaneck area, especially. So it's going to be a lot of fun playing there. And uh, yeah, it's going to be our return to Jersey. Probably like, yeah, it hasn't been that long. I can't even remember how long it's been, but like we've, we've been very focused on sort of like cementing ourselves in New York. So now we feel like we've kind of got, you know, New York down more or less that so we want to like expand a little further. So uh, New Jersey is going to be a fun time. And then uh, on the 18th, which is a Friday of August, we're going to be playing Arlene's Grocery again. Uh, and we're going to be doing it. And that's going to be actually for the record release party of uh, Ghostly Times. They're going to be releasing their new album and we're going to be uh, celebrating that with them. And awesome. it's going to be a good time. Awesome. That sounds great. Um, so if you're in the area or the tri-state area, really, you should go. Yeah. This is your official notice. <laughs> um, so where can everybody find you guys on social media? Well, we're kind of all over the place in social media, but we're kind of uh, in the places that, you know, I guess where the expect. people are. So we're in Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube, always, always at Spells and Curses. We got on that fast. We got on that first. So we're at Spells and Curses. Our website, though, funny story about our website, it's not spellsandcurses.com. There's, there's some guy, and I hope he's listening to this right now. There's some guy who's squatting on spellsandcurses.com, and he will not sell it for any less than $10,000. Oh that God. guy, yeah, that guy could go shove it. So, um, I, I mean, like, you, like who does that? But, like, I, I get it, you know, from a business perspective, like, okay, yeah, you, you did well. Um, so what we did is we, we, uh, have our own website that is spellsandcurses.es, but, like, the way we spell it is a little differently. So it's, uh, www.spells. And, and then we go C-U-R-S dot E-S. So we kind of c- split curses in half, so to speak, the word curses. So it spells and C-U-R-S dot E-S. So that's that's our website. And on there, you can find links to our Snapchat, our Instagram, our, our Facebook, Spotify even. Um, but yeah, we're at Spells and Curses on pretty much all social media. All right, cool. And then you guys are on Spotify. Where else can everybody find your music? Outside. You can find it wherever music is sold, streamed. I mean, iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure we're on Tidal. We're on um, you name it. I mean, you name it, we're there. I promise you. I guarantee you. And fun fact, if you get our uh, new album, Sinful Things, off of iTunes or Bandcamp, it comes with a uh, free digital booklet that the professor put together really nicely. And it has a, a lot of uh, uh, unreleased uh, behind-the-scenes photos of us putting the album together as well as the lyrics and uh, some other good fun facts. Awesome. So definitely check it out there. That's what I actually, I got it on Bandcamp, but yes, I, I thank didn't you very much. know thank the, uh, I didn't know what came with the booklet. I'll have to check that out. I haven't looked at it yet. Yeah. It should have come with a, uh, it should have come in the zip file. I will check. I was just too into listening to the music, I guess. To <laughs> it's there. It's there. And if it's not, if you don't have it there, it, it should be. But if you can't find it, let me know. I'll send it to you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. This has been an amazing time. Absolutely, my man. Listen, magic hour. You guys are happening. And uh, I'm telling you, Kanye, if he's listening, he's going to have, you know, He's gonna have no choice. We're gonna we're gonna twist his arm on this one. It's all because of you, my man. <laughs> well, I, I I hope that that when this happens, you know, you'll remember. <laughs> Absolutely, you got it. Hey, it's been a blast, man. Thank you for having it. A big thanks to the Ray for joining me this week on Territorial Noise. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please be sure to follow Spells and Curses on all of their social media. Check out their website and get their music where it's available. If you want to follow Territorial Noise, we're on Facebook and Twitter at Territorial Noise. Now to end the show. Here's their song, Las Vegas Angeles.
Whoa!